aliens really exist? Well, if like me, you're interested in knowing the answer, but have never seen a UFO, been abducted or been part of a secret government project, this is the place for you. Join me each week as I go on a quest to find the truth about little green men, debunking and exposing the fakes and frauds along the way. So let's see what we can find. There's plenty out there and some are amongst the many theories and opinions, the truth exists for those prepared to hear it. I'm Darren and this is the Alien Analysis Probecast. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of the Alien Analysis Podcast, an unscripted podcast where I analyse and probe the world of extraterrestrials. Now, I have to start this week by at least explaining a slight alteration in the title of this podcast. For those that have been following me over the weeks, this podcast was originally called the Alien Analysis Probecast. Uh, short and curlies is, that's my bizarre sense of humour being blunt with you. I love nothing more than play on words and really shit and crap innuendos, but apparently having the the titleless probecast really isn't doing me any favours. And on advice, an advice that makes a lot of sense to me, I've changed the name. Look, I mean, according to somebody I know that's a, a bit of an expert on these things, calling it Probecast makes it more difficult for people to find me. Additionally, and I've got to be honest, I don't get this one, but Probecast could be flagged by inappropriate language filters or whatever you call them. But anyway, I, I just at least wanted to explain that Yes, there is a slight change in name, and going forward, this is the Alien Analysis Podcast, no longer Probecast. But hey, I'll still be probing the world of extraterrestrials. Now, next up, I just want to go back in time a little um, and discuss uh, a disappearance in 1978. Now, this particular case involves a gentleman called Frederick Valentich. He was a, a pilot who was flying from Melbourne to King's Island. And about 40 minutes into his flight, he apparently reported a UFO, what he described as a shiny object with green lights, moving irregularly and rapidly. And this for me is a a particular example that I've heard of before. I've heard numerous times mentioned over the years, but never really had my say or given my opinion on. Now, one of the key phrases, uh, sentences um, that uh, apparently Frederick said was, he was reported as having said, he seems to be playing some sort of game. He's flying over me. And that's really quite interesting. You've got to understand here, we're talking 1978 and This is a a highly experienced, I believe, uh, Australian Air Force pilot who approximately 30 minutes after making the initial report also said it's not an aircraft. And this was followed by 17 seconds of what is basically described as unidentifiable metallic noise. And he was never heard from again. Now this 
particular incident or this particular report was not alone. It wasn't just one person. At the same time as he went missing, there were numerous reports by individuals saying they'd witnessed strange objects. And five days later, another pilot reported exactly the same thing. But in his particular case, he didn't actually disappear. Well, the family, they turned around and said that as far as they were concerned, he'd been abducted by aliens. While others said he'd faked it or, or even committed suicide. Which is, I suppose, possible. But at the end of the day, his family described him as stable and a very happy man. But the thing with uh, this particular gentleman was that he was actually an alien fanatic. And had even gone to the extent of uh, accessing confidential Royal Australian Air Force files. Particularly ones that were connected to or referred to UFO sightings. And he'd been accessing these in the, the months leading up to his disappearance. Now, once again, this is another one of these situations where your personal point of view comes in. Because... You know, again, let's be blunt here. He could well have faked it. He could well have committed suicide. You know, as as much as... I, I know this is probably a, a controversial thing to say. His family could be lying. He could have had problems. He might not have been stable and might not have been a happy man. But understandably so, I wouldn't imagine the family wanting to admit that. But for me, this is not the answer. Because... This wasn't a single individual witnessing something. There were other sightings at that time. Another uh, pilot witnessed uh, exactly the same thing five days later. So something was going on here. What that is, I honestly don't know. But the fact that Frederick was accessing confidential military files on UFOs just weeks and months leading up to this also throws in the possibility and maybe his government the air force did something here did he stumble across something that was proof i i don't know i i love this particular example because it is so open to possibilities at the end of the day i don't i don't know frederick personally obviously but i can't help but to, to think that if you'd come across or stumbled across something that you'd want to shout about it you know you'd want to tell everybody okay okay look, look there's no social media and the internet at this time for him to tell the world but you would tell somebody something particularly if you're a, a ufo fanatic like like they say this guy was you know, I think I said it last week, if you had undeniable proof, or at least proof of, I don't know, something substantial to say that life on other planets and UFOs exist, don't think, I might be wrong, but I don't think you're going to keep your mouth shut about it. So, I suppose actually, now, I, now I'm talking about it, now I'm uttering the words, I think in this particular case i don't believe the government or the military within australia had anything to do with this i think he clearly saw something i think his words tell us that but 
what led to his disappearance is hard to say. He could have made a mistake, you know. The sheer shock of what he saw, he, I don't know, he may have made an error, but this is an experienced pilot, and now I'm saying that, I'm fairly sure he's used to seeing crazy things being a pilot. You know, you're talking about an Air Force pilot here. So maybe we are talking about a genuine abduction here. But how do you prove it? At this point, having just said the words I've said, all it proves is that this is the only outcome I have left. But it's not proven, you know? (laughs) The same bloody problem we always suffer with. The complete lack of undeniable 100% proof. It's just opinion again. Now, also in the last week, uh, another video came out on Twitter by an account I've mentioned before called Think Tank. Um, And again, this, this one particularly grabbed my interest. And what it shows is an orb that looks to be metallic, uh, floating and kind of, if I want to put a better way of putting it, hanging out in the skies of Poland. Now, why I like this particular video, and don't distrust, it's not a case of distrust in other ones, but not a particular fan of other ones, is because this particular video had what I call points of reference. When you see a video that's just a... Uh, Uh, a light, uh, an object floating in sort of a solid blue sky or grey sky, whatever the case may be, but gives you no point of reference, no point to understand sort of size, speed, distance, what it's doing, what it's not doing. It becomes very difficult to analyse it in any serious way. But this particular one, this particular video had clouds which gives us a a great point of reference now the other thing that was clear in this video is that it was raining and we have to say that a uh, a dot on a video in the rain could genuinely be just a small droplet of water on the lens that is genuine and i've seen huge numbers of videos put forward over the years when this is simply the case. However, like I said, with the clouds, we have a point of reference. And I can clearly see, and if you look yourself, you'll be able to see this, the object was moving in relation to the clouds, not the lens. Now to at least give you a bit of a a background on how I look at these things and how I analyse them, what you have to do is you have to consider how things move in the real world. And what I mean by that is that if an object is following the, the pan of the camera, then you know it's something on the lens. But please understand, that uh, movement, that following of the, of the pan of the camera will not be perfect. Because in a lot of uh, modern cameras and particularly in more recent smartphones they have an element of uh, mechanical image stabilization which means it will have a slight offset on movement as the the lens moves to compensate for your hand movement your shaking hopefully that makes sense to you 
But within this video, if you watch carefully, the object is not following the movement of the camera. And it's quite clear because in some instances it's doing the polar opposite of the camera. But its movement is in relation to the clouds. That tells me that without a shadow of a doubt, that object was there. This is a genuine photo of an object floating and moving around in the clouds. In short, this is a genuine, real UFO sighting. It's unidentified. What it is becomes a whole nother question because it could be alien in origin. It could be something more terrestrial, more from this planet. And it's a difficult one to call because over the last five to ten years, these globes, orbs, lights in the sky sightings are becoming more and more uh, regular, for want of a better way of putting it. This could mean that alien technology has altered. You know, we're no longer seeing flying saucers because they're staying on the other side of the, the moon, for example, or, or whatever. They no longer need to fly here directly. They have these drones. These orbs are just alien drones. Or it could be some kind of government tech. We've all heard, or most of us have heard within the community about cluster drone experiments. It, it could be that. You know, as that technology moves forward, we're seeing it more and more. But this one, this particular video, I chalk up as a genuine 100% sighting of a UFO. And that's great. And I'd like to know more about it. I have asked the question and so far not had a, a huge amount of response. But, you know, if that changes, if I get more details, of course, I will definitely share it with everybody. But this actually leads me on quite nicely to the main topic I really want to talk about today. And that is what I see as the similarities between ghosts and UFO sightings and alien activity. Now, first up, before anybody shoots me down in the comments, uh, I genuinely don't know a lot about ghosts. I've read stuff, I've watched YouTube videos, but aliens, extraterrestrial life has always been my priority. Despite the fact that actually I did have a genuine ghostly experience um, when I was younger. I'm not going to bore you with the full details, maybe that's something for another day, but... In short, there was a, a house um, on a road near the Lee Graves train station in Luton that was actually renowned for being haunted. And the owner of this house was a friend of my father's. And I went round there and was told that, you know, be careful, this place is haunted and weird things might happen, but no one's been hurt, please don't panic. You know, let's be blunt, I, I've always been a, a believer in sort of out there topics, so it didn't really phase me a great deal. But one of the things I was told is that if he, the ghost apparently was male, doesn't want you to go upstairs, you won't be able to go upstairs. And that really intrigued me, so I decided to try and walk upstairs. 
And lo and behold, and I don't even know how to explain this, but no matter how hard I tried, I could not walk upstairs. It's it's not like, I don't know, it's not like there was a wall or some invisible force field that I was hitting that I was, was blocking my way. But for some bizarre reason, I just could not lift my foot and put it on the first step. And that's always intrigued me a little bit as to why that happened. Was it a uh, a genuine situation? Is, you know, is that a genuinely haunted house and something was going on there? Or was the fact that I had had it drummed into my head that this was possibly going to happen, that I subconsciously made it happen? I don't know. And to be honest with you, maybe it's something I should have paid more attention to and done a lot more research on but like i said i i do favor alien activity ufos life on other planets and for anyone in the community out there you will understand there's so much information that there's not enough hours in the day to keep on top of it all but i think one day i do need to make contact with fellow podcasters individuals that know what this may be what's going on you know and as again I, if i do that i will of course update you but look getting back onto topic um like i said to me i feel there are a number of things i hear said within the ghost community again i'm sorry if i offend you i don't know what the official term is for that community but i feel there's a number of things said by these people that sound almost identical to the alien UFO community. And really, I think it's caused me to think it's time to at least look at this, time to at least investigate and try and understand why there are so many similarities. And I'm just going to say this straight out. I did uh, the usual First things first, hit Google, try and get a basic understanding, see what my fellow podcasters and other YouTubers are saying out there to try and get a a basis, a basis to work from. And I was, in short, absolutely fucking shocked at just how little information is out there on this. And what I mean is that if I search, or and you can try this, and tell me if you get a different result, but when I searched for uh, similarities between aliens and ghosts, and are ghost aliens, or are aliens ghosts, in short, I got absolutely bugger all back that was relevant. And I have to be honest with you, I'm sitting there doing this search and thinking, I can't be the only fucking person thinking this. I can't be the only person seeing the similarities. So why am I seeing no results? It actually made me wonder if I owe Jimmy Corzetti an apology. And for those that don't know Jimmy, he's the guy that runs and owns the uh, the Bright Insights YouTube channel. And although I haven't been blunt, Jimmy slagged you off to your face about the videos, I was very critical and when I discussed this with my wife regarding your videos about somebody deleting the internet well as much as it 
pains me to say it, maybe I owe Jimmy an apology. Because there doesn't seem to be any results for a subject that I believe I should be finding plenty about. So anyway, I then went on to at least trying to do some basic research on uh, ghosts, um, apparitions, as, like I said, some people have called them, to try and at least understand the subject. Now, first up, the, the first thing I found is that apparently there are five common types of ghosts. And this comes from an article on a, a website called Ghosts and Gravestones. So first up, we've got the interactive personality. This apparently is a, a ghost that makes noise, emits recognisable smells such as perfumes, etc. And I think they quite often say that this is normally a, a loved one or something. And on investigation, there doesn't seem to be a great deal connecting the, the two subjects, aliens and ghosts. Second up, we have ectoplasm or ectomist. I think sort of ghost mist was another word mentioned. And this is a, a swirling mist. In photos, look like somebody smoking, to be honest with you. You know, I did the, the standard uh, Google image search and... Like I said, it genuinely looks like how I would visualise uh, somebody blowing smoke in front of the camera lens. You know, cigarette smoke I'm talking about here. And again, I'm not seeing a, a great deal of similarity here. Then we have uh, poltergeists. And these are uh, basically spirits, ghosts, whatever, that move stuff. These are the ones that knock your, your precious vase off the mantelpiece, for example. And I believe the word poltergeist actually means n noisy ghost. Now, like I said, bear in mind I, I'm not a ghost expert here, but there could be some connection here. Because at the end of the day, from what I gather, poltergeists just move stuff, knock stuff around, bang doors, etc. Well, there could be another reason for it rather than the afterlife could this be aliens you know could there be a connection there a anyway uh, the fourth one is funnel ghosts i think they're called and these appear as ribbons of light uh, again there is a potential and i say this with a, a slight hesitation but a potential connection there Having, again, done the the image search to see these types of things, it's difficult to see a, a strong connection. But obviously we know we see bizarre lights in, in the alien UFO world, so there is a very loose connection there. But last up, and the one where I'm really interested, is orbs. Apparently this is the most photographed uh, type of ghost. And I even mentioned the, the think tank video taken in Poland at the start of this episode, which was an orb. And this is where I see a huge number of similarities. You know, these orbs that are floating in the sky, floating on the ground. And I've even seen the same photo be used by both communities. The, the, the ghost 
uh, apparition community throwing a photo up of uh, an orb saying another ghost sighting for example and the ufo community doing the same with the same photo saying here's a ufo and the fact that both communities are using the same photos for different outcomes i feel proves there is a connection or at least in some situations a connection because let's be blunt i've said it myself there isn't just one race of aliens out there there's potentially thousands if not millions of other species out there there may be 999,999 species that have got no connection whatsoever with the ghost sightings on this planet but there is one possibly and likewise i'm sure the same can be said from the ghost direction you know i said there's uh, you know the five most common types of ghosts well, I, like I said, I've not done the, the extensive research, but that tells me there's a lot more than five out there if they're the common ones, and that means that, I don't know, let's say there's a hundred different types of ghosts out there. Ninety-nine of those may have no connection whatsoever to aliens, but one does. Likewise, we, we could be talking about one could explain the other. You know, aliens may be the, the reason for ghost sightings, and ghosts don't exist. Again, I'm sorry if that offends anyone, but the same can be said in reverse. That all these supposed uh, alien UFO sightings are just sightings of ghosts and aliens don't exist. Or more than likely, there's a mixture of things going on here. And I'll come back to that in a bit. Because in the same way I moan about the UFO community and the amount of fakes and frauds out there that make it very difficult to get to the truth the same applies for the ghost world in fact I I would actually go to the extent of saying it's a, a lot worse because being blunt it's easier to fake when I searched for images, when I, when I was looking at the five most common types and doing the search for the individual types of ghosts, I found it very hard to find photos where I didn't look at it and go, that's fake, within seconds. And I'm not saying, please, you know, please hear me out here, I'm not saying that it's all fake, it's all a load of rubbish. But what I'm saying is, is that in the same way in which 90% of what the alien world see as, as proof is just a load of shit the same fucking thing applies for ghosts and i don't even go to the extent it's higher maybe 95 or 97 percent of what's out there is crap i've said it before i've got a photographic background you know i've been a photographer for a number of years and i can look at so many photos and instantly know how they were faked you know, photos of light ribbons, uh, what are they called, funnel ghosts. That, that was my favourite. I found that really hard to find anything that was genuine whatsoever there. Because it was clear that most or 99% of what was put out is somebody just moving a light on a long exposure. It was crap. I, I don't know how I can explain it any better. It was just people trying to connoisseur and in the same way when i talk about uh ecto mist looking very similar to somebody blowing smoke in front of the lens when i made that statement i was talking about the ones where i could not see like uh 
the fact that people were trying to fake. But there were others that were clear as day fakes. You could see from the focal uh, length and the way in which the photo was exposed and the smoke was exposed, it was being blown from behind the camera. And, And again, just huge, huge numbers of these photos out there. And being selfish here, it did make me <laughs> think that, well, do you know what, life for me investigating and looking at the world of extraterrestrials isn't all that bad. These poor buggers trying to prove the reality of ghosts, well, they've really got it hard. But anyway, I mean, where I went from there, when I realised there's all these fakes and trying to understand things, was at least try and look at some of the more famous uh, evidence out there regarding ghosts and apparitions. And in the same way, again, we find within the alien community, a lot of these stories do have holes in them. And one that particularly stuck out to me was a photo of a a gentleman or a, a ghost called Freddie Jackson. This photo was of uh, the Goddard Squadron, uh, an RAF uh, squadron. And the general explanation for it is that Freddie Jackson was uh, an engineer that worked on uh, military aircraft. And he was killed in an accident uh, by the propeller of one of these aircraft. Now, later that day, there was a photo taken of the the Goddard Squadron. And when they developed it, you can, and they did, see the face of Freddie Jackson poking out in the background. The photo was said to have been taken at exactly the location he was killed. But this is where the holes come in, you see, because are they really going to take a group photo at the exact location one of their fellow individuals died on the same day i don't know wouldn't they cancel the photo to at least the next day i i find that strange but where it really does get strange is the fact that unlike what we're told that freddie jackson died at that location the reality was is on his uh, death record, on his death certificate, it says he died in a hospital 225 miles away. And a little known fact is that there are a, a few, I'm not sure exactly how many, but a few people that have turned around and said uh, that the, the, the figure, that the ghostly image in the photo doesn't actually look like Freddie Jackson. And when you put all this together, it kind of collapses the whole theory, the whole story. And it doesn't really have that much interest in it. Because being blunt with you, this could simply just be a a double exposure. Which did happen far more often than many people understand or believe. You've got to remember, we're not talking about digital photography here. We're talking about taking negative film into a dark room. So for me, I I don't know. I don't think this is genuine. It might be one of the most famous ones out there, but I don't think it's a genuine ghost photo. I think it's just a double exposure that over the years people have 
created a, a fictional story around and turned it into almost some kind of fucking legend. Which is entertaining, but a shame. And in my opinion, a lie. And that's kind of the point. At the end of the day, we all turn around and say a photo never lies. Well, that comment is a lie because photos do lie. Cameras lie. Particularly nowadays when the world of digital photography is ruled by filters and various algorithms that calculate and try to recreate uh, what they're seeing. And that's quite important to understand when we look at any evidence put forward, whether that be for the the evidence of ghosts or aliens or whatever you're looking at. Today's photos, today's cameras, what's actually really going on there is it's recording raw data. And a, a clever computer program is actually trying to interpret that data the best it can. This is why we see photos taken of the same thing with different cameras look vastly different its interpretation of the light in particular varies and quite often these variations or at least how the the software interprets the information can create strange artifacts on photos there's a famous one out there of what is called a, a portal The reality is it's just a a line of pixels that are overexposing, creating this uh, ghostly line down the centre of the photo. It's nothing more than that. You then throw in the fact that we Photoshop and other clever bits of software, it's very easy to enhance, change and fake things. But, I mean, let's just drag myself back onto topic again. The one thing that has always struck me uh, when I when I consider or at least have my thoughts regarding the ghost alien connection is the the common theme about other dimensions because let's be blunt here ghosts in the sense of what we're told and what pop culture says come from another dimension the afterlife and quite often within the alien community we talk about other dimensional beings well could this explain quite a number of the things we see you know when we see a ghost uh, a ghostly figure is what we're actually seeing an alien or a being from another dimension trying to travel journey or, or move into our dimension and not fully achieving it it's not fully i don't know exposed travelled, moved, I don't know how you describe it, but not made it all the way into this dimension yet, and therefore we end up with this blurred, almost see-through figure, silhouette, shadow thing. You know, is this where the whole ghost environment, heaven and hell come from? You know, and again, apologies to the ghost believers out there, but I question everything. You, if you listen to this podcast, you know this. Are ghosts just genuinely beings? Are the races from different dimensions phasing in and out, trying to to make contact with us? 
you know, when we talk about things that ghosts do, uh, poltergeist moving things, is that them trying to interact with our world? Our orbs, these beams of light and other such things, what is it, funnel ghosts and that, just alien probes. You know, all is possible. You know, I, I said it in previous episodes and constantly say it in my private life that I believe a lot of uh, our religious uh, beliefs on this planet are based around extraterrestrial visitors. Well, in, in the same theory, does this explain heaven and hell? Are heaven and hell just a manipulation of the fact that we saw beings coming from other dimensions? I don't know. Again, I throw it out there, all is possible. But also, you know, you have to also consider this. When we die, do we just turn to nothing? Do we just end? Or do we turn into light? Light beings upon death? You know, do we move to another dimension? Are these aliens, are these other dimensional beings just us in our next lives? Again, look at religion. They talk about this life, us being flesh and bones, being just a single part of a bigger journey. Is that what is really going on here? And when we talk about, uh, I don't know how to put this, but you know when we talk about ghosts being trapped between our world and the afterlife? It's going to probably sound corny to the experts out there, but all this you know, walk into the light uh, business you see in the movies. Is that a human being dying and moving into their their next evolutionary state and hanging around for a bit while they try and get their head around what the bloody hell's just happened to them before they move on to the next dimension? But you see, if that theory is correct, then ghosts are real. The afterlife is real. And why not? You know, I. it's very easy to look at the afterlife and look at uh, ghosts, etc., and make that religious connection. But why? Why the bloody hell would you want to do that? I, look, I, I know I'm anti-religion. I, I've never denied it. Do I believe in God? Well, not in the sense of what religion tells you, but I believe in gods in another sense, in the sense that there were gods but not a God that's almighty created everything and will punish you or reward you depending on how well you follow his rules or should I say those in power's rules. But dragging myself back onto topic again, yeah, it's possible. Ghosts, in a sense, could be genuine. And in this case, we within the alien community probably have to accept that extra dimensional beings that we're seeing and the ghost community is reporting are not theoretically alien they are of this planet because they're probably in another dimension on the same planet if that makes sense you know if we're going to call this earth 1.0 that's earth 2.0 and that's in a different dimension so they're just us elsewhere god does that make any fucking sense whatsoever if it doesn't i apologize but my brain right now is racing as it always does with numerous thoughts and possibilities whether or not 
you want to consider what I'm saying, though, as me saying I, I believe in ghosts? Well, that depends, doesn't it? That depends on whether or not I'm prepared or have the the information for me to be able to say that upon death we transform or move to another dimension. And at this point in time, it remains a possibility to me, but I don't have enough information to say to you it's fact, or at least I heavily believe in it. Now, on the flip side, I think when we see orbs of light and potentially some of these ribbons of light, I think there's probably the opposite going on here. I think these are probably more to do with extraterrestrial life, uh, beings from other planets within the same dimension as us. I think they could be probes, uh, all kinds of surveillance technology. You know, I throw these out as possibilities, but I think on face value, what I'm seeing is that these things, orbs, like I said, ribbons of light, are alien related, not ghost or other dimensional related. Now, the last thing I want to mention on this subject, and I would be completely amiss to not mention this, are possessions. As in human beings being possessed. Now, we've all heard about human possessions. You know, for Christ's sakes, the Exorcist movies. I don't think there's a person on this planet has probably not at least heard of them if not watched them so we've all heard you know about ghosts possessing human beings and demons possessing human beings now now first up i have to say i'm not a subscriber in the fact that tv movie etc in the same way they do with aliens suggest that if you're going to be possessed by a ghost it's always going to be up to no good you know i think that's just pop culture again creating a fucking good story for your entertainment but something that's not so readily spoken about is the fact that you also apparently get aliens possessing humans as a a way of communicating with us now these individuals are called alien channelers and like i said apparently aliens that they befriend for one of a better way of putting it use their their bodies as a way of telling us stuff, communicating. Now, I'm going to just hit this one straight on the head. I really don't believe this. I don't believe this is genuine. I think it's great. I think it's highly entertaining. And in the way I say that is because at the end of the day, these people always seem to charge admission fees to hear the, 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 the story, the information. I guess E.T. needs profit as well, same as we do. But the biggest problem I have with this, and it's the same problem I have with demonic or, or ghostly possessions, is why do they always change our voice to some weird thing? Uh, again, look, let's be blunt. We've all probably seen the video where the the guy suddenly moves around, wretches, his eyes roll into the back of his head and starts talking with some strange voice but a voice that seems like he's putting it on for christ's sakes i'm sorry i know like i say i say this far too often i know i apologize if i'm offending anyone but really when they talk through us they change our voice box 
Your voice works by the movement of muscles. And to change the way you sound quite often takes a lot more effort than it does just to talk naturally and normally. And if what we're told is true, that it's, you know, a huge effort for these things to possess us and talk through us, why does the voice change? Seriously, I honestly, I gotta be, look, I'm gonna be blunt. I find this whole possession thing to be fucking laughable. You know, get these, what are they called, mediums that tell you information. Well, I'm sorry, but there's one of two basic situations going on here that either they're completely fucking faking it and using clever techniques to tell you what they think you want to hear, or they are genuine, and they are genuinely channeling ghosts from uh, another dimension and using them manipulating them for their own personal financial gain and to entertain you. Either way, I find the whole situation completely fucking sick. Because, let's be blunt, quite often the people that go to these mediums, for example, go because of loss, because of tragedy. They are in a time of grief when they are most open to suggestion. And then some arsehole charges them... I don't know, what is it, 40 or 50 euros, dollars, pounds, whatever currency you're from, to tell them stuff, information that is a lie. They're making it up. And that's fucking dangerous. That's really fucking dangerous. And before any of you go around saying that, well, how do they know these things? Do me a favour. Go watch or do a search and watch uh, some of the programs by a gentleman called Darren Brown. And his first name is actually Darren, D-E-R-R-E-N, not the same as my Darren, D-A-R-R. He's done, uh, I think, at least two or three uh, specials where he demonstrates him doing psychic medium readings. He gives these people incredible information that he should not know. And he explains that he's doing it by using very clever mind tricks. He tells you he's not getting messages from the afterlife. He's not psychically connecting with your brain and reading your very thoughts. The way he talks to you, the sentences he uses enables him to obtain enough information for it to appear like he's miraculously coming across this information from another dimension. And at the end of the day, this is really hard for people to get their head around. But you can do this if you're trained enough and have enough skill. You can get people to tell you absolutely anything you want to know without them even knowing they've told you. So yes, it's possible. It's very possible that these people are conning you, conning all of us. They're not in communication with any form of ghost or alien or other dimensional being. They're just doing it for profit. Now, I know I said this was going to be the last thing on this subject, but having said that, something I do need to mention is the fact that because I was so initially confused or concerned by the lack of information that came up when I searched today's subject, I actually went to Twitter and posted a, a question on there asking for 
people's opinion on what I'm talking about today. And for all those that responded either as a direct reply on the actual thread itself or some people actually DM'd me directly. Firstly, thanks for getting involved. And secondly, thanks for at least having me realise I'm not going crazy here. I'm not the only one seeing this. That This is a subject that many people have considered. Now, there are a few people that have said, yes, they can see a connection. And weirdly enough, quite a number of people have said no. And those people seem to be the ones that did it via DMs, direct messages, which I don't completely understand. It's, you know, yes, seems to be one you can openly say. But to say no to that question, you have to send it to me privately. Seriously, look, I appreciate your your input, but feel free to do it publicly. At the end of the day, none of this is proven. Everything I'm saying today is my opinion. It's not proven. So you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to say, no, there's no connection whatsoever. You know, don't, don't allow yourself to feel worried about how others may respond. If they can't respond with respect, they're not worth worrying about. But anyway, from this question, there's a few people I just want to give a shout out to. There's a, a guy um, who responded uh, called The Astral, and he recommended a book to me, and it's a book I will be reading. This book is called Beyond UFOs, The Science of Consciousness and Contact with Non-Human Intelligence, Volume 1. And basically what he tells me is this this is uh, about 3,000 contact accounts and is a bit of a must read because they're categorized by or grouped together by similarities now if you're interested in reading this and getting a copy for yourself I will put a link in this episode's description for you so yeah quick thanks to the astral for that recommendation Another account or individual I need to give a shout out to is a guy called Jason Wilde. Uh, his Twitter handle or Twitter username is at JasonWilde108. And that's Wilde spelt with a, an E on the end. And the reason I want to give him a shout is I or I consider myself to be normally, not always, but normally quite a good judge of character. And I think this guy's a good egg. You know, he's got a a very good heart. And the one thing that he mentions to me is he he mentioned the fact he's a Hindu and spoke about meditation. And this one simple comment really does open up a whole world of possibilities. I myself have started investigating the world of meditation. I've got an app. I've subscribe to an annual subscription for a a mobile app to help me learn how to meditate now i must say it's very early days i've only been at it a couple of months and at this point i'm learning what is the basics of breathing techniques etc and trying to understand how you quieten your mind which an overactive fucking imagination and brain like mine is very freaking difficult but the reason i'm doing it is because there's something in it, and I'm curious, I want to know what's in it, you know, I've seen uh, the the C5 documentary with Stephen Greer, and other people using meditation as a way of communicating with other beings, 
Now I have to say at this point that everyone's in the usual fashion got their own opinion as to what's going on here, particularly in the sense of who you're actually communicating with and they're entitled to that opinion. I'm sure I'll form my own opinions as and when I manage to get to that point of being able to communicate. But either way, whoever it is they're talking to, communicating with, seems to be massively connected. And I have to say, through the process of sitting here and recording this episode, I think I've personally come to the conclusion there is massive connections here. We're not talking small, minor connections, but the whole world of aliens, extraterrestrials, interdimensional beings and ghosts is highly connected. What that connection is and what it means to to me and the rest of humanity, I honestly don't know. I'd like to think that learning to meditate may at least answer part of that question. We'll see. Like I said, it's early days. I, I even admitted to Jason myself that I'm way off being able to communicate with whatever these beings are. But I say this, it's definitely something. There is definitely something happening here. And I find the fact that Jason's a Hindu highly interesting as well, because I I hypothesise so many times that I wonder if the origins of Hinduism and the original religions, because you remember Hinduism is one of the oldest religions or known religions on this planet. But I do wonder if these original religions were actually born of a message from another species, a message for good. Unfortunately, one the the modern religions, as, as people understood the control religion had, used, manipulated, changed the message for their own ends. But look, I know I'm rambling right now, but just in the, the process of recording this episode, my brain is telling me that there's something here. A lot of these things are connected in one way or another. You know, I, I remember there being a, an Israeli guy that was heavily involved in the Israeli space program, and one of the things he said um, about extraterrestrial life is that, one, there is a like an intergalactic federation type affair, but two, that they are waiting for humans, the human race, to actually understand the reality of space. And that tells me we've got something fundamentally wrong that we just, as a, as a species, don't understand the universe yet. I don't know, like I said, I know I'm rambling and I'll cover this in more detail in the weeks to come when I get my head around it a bit more. And of course, as I try this meditation, as I continue on that journey, if we happen to achieve anything, yeah, you'll be the first to know. So, to finish up this week, I just want to mention the Calvine UFO photo that's been released. Uh, For those that are not aware of it, it's uh, photos that were taken by a group of what I believe were hikers, um, 
of a UFO in, I believe, 1990 in Scotland. And this photo is in theory, become legendary. People have mentioned it and accused the UK's MOD, that stands for Ministry of Defence, of having this photo and hiding it, keeping it away from the general public. Well, at the point of you listening to this episode, um, just about a week ago, this photo was actually released. And the first thing to to make clear to you, if you do go searching for the Calvine UFO photo, is there's two out there. I believe actually there was five original photos, but when I talk about two different ones here, I'm talking about there was the, the genuine original photo, but there's also a, a recreation that was, I believe, commissioned by Nick Pope, who most of you will uh, know of. And he had this recreated and I believe then hung on his wall as a way of remembering what he'd seen in the original photo. For those that are not aware, Nick Pope was heavily involved in the government's UFO projects. Now, when you go search to just briefly explain the difference, what you're looking for here, the original photo is somewhat lower resolution than the recreation. The recreation, you will see there are clear mountains in the background. Whereas when you're looking for the the original, all you will see is sky with clouds, uh, a fence. You'll see the top of a fence along the bottom and some foliage poking in from the top. So just bear that in mind when you search. Now, my opinion on this photo is, having looked at it in as much detail as I can, it's genuine. It is a genuine photo of something. And it's something that clearly is not uh, readily identifiable. But what is it? I mean, people talk about the fact that based on its shape and everything else, it's clearly UFO. And by the way, one thing I didn't mention is this is a, looks like a diamond shaped UFO. And sort of slightly below and behind it is uh, what is clearly some kind of military gel fighter. I think most people suggest it's a a US Harrier. Now, I have to say, when you look at the photo, the the thing that strikes me is the positioning of this Harrier. And it looks to me more like it's escorting the object. Give you a bit more sort of background on this. From my understanding of uh, planes, in the sense of... Uh, if they were to be intercepting uh, a UFO, interceptions are always done with two planes. That's basically one that uh, gets into an attack position behind the craft and one that moves alongside to try and make contact or eyeball what's going on. However, if you're escorting, there can be only one. You know, I'm not saying he's always only one. You could have two or four. I don't know. The number's up to you. But a single aircraft, a single fighter is a possibility for an escort. And from what I can tell from this photo, there is only one plane. Potentially, yes. It could be argued the second is behind. But to me, I think we're safer to say there's only one plane in that photo. And then when you throw in a a bit of research into the Lockheed Hopeless Diamond, which is an experimental craft from roughly around that time, 
the whole photo to me starts to make a lot more sense because the Lockheed Hopeless Diamond could and I believe does and would look identical to the object in this photo and the fact that I'm saying the aircraft uh, what is a US uh, Harrier looks like it's escorting this object suggests that this photo is of an experimental US craft rather than some mysterious UFO. Now, what that does lead into uh, a simple question of is, well, should it be being tested over UK soil? Because remember, this is in Scotland. I have to say, well, probably yes. You know, because let's be blunt, you're not going to test an experimental craft over the UK and not tell the government you're doing it. You know, let's not underestimate governments and their ability to know what's going on in their skies. The UK government, the, the UK military would know, particularly if it's being escorted by a, a standard or what would be considered a standard aircraft at the time. So although I absolutely love the photo and I'm so pleased it's got released, at this point in time for me, it's an experimental craft. This is not proof of extraterrestrial life. However, in my usual way, I have to accept that I could be wrong. And, you know, should I be wrong? I'll be the first to put my hand up and at least let you know. So anyway, I'm going to call it for an episode. I would like to thank you for listening and please do hit that subscribe button for me. It really does help. And as always, I look forward to speaking to you next time. Until then, I'm Darren and this is the Alien Analysis Podcast. <laughs>